Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I'm delighted to have Joseph from Masculine Theory joining me here in the podcast. Joseph, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Gavin. How are you, how you doing? How are you keeping? I'm pretty good, my man. Pretty good. Staying strong, moving forward. And uh, the only that's, way... That's what it's all about. Of course. So, yeah, I came across Joseph on, on Twitter, actually, and I love the content. Loved what it was all about. Uh, masculine theory, as he says, uh, reviving ancient wisdom for modern advantage. Absolutely love that line. So, can you tell us more about masculine theory and what it's all about and how it became to be? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's um, it's interesting you you pick up on that um, that little header. It took a while to kind of refine and get there. It, it took some tweaking. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that kind of encapsulates what I was trying to, um, what the premise of masculine theory was all about. So I, I suppose you could say a lot of my influence is taken from my uh, interest in Eastern traditions, mm. um, especially in uh, Taoism, Buddhism, uh, more recently Hinduism, okay. and how we can kind of learn from the Eastern teachings and apply them to more Western culture for modern advantage. Um, so I, I, I have, uh, I think more recently masculine theory has, um, is really starting to develop in, in that vein in regards to acknowledging where we are as a Western culture. So I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that we are, um, consumer culture, I suppose is probably the best way to, mm. to describe it. We're constantly consuming things, whether it's Netflix or, you know, YouTube or Amazon Prime and Disney and goodness me, there's there's yeah. so many to account for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and how this overconsumption is uh, disturbing the equilibrium, let's say, of, of how we we uh, behave and articulate ourselves in this modern world mm-hmm. and how we can actually learn a lot of lessons from um, uh, the East, this conscious refrainment from indulgence, from pleasure, from immediate gratification instagram culture and uh try and find a new balance so it's 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 really about finding balance i suppose is the best way it's interesting the uh, it wasn't actually called masculine theory when i started i actually uh, it was actually called holistic health i believe okay. so i'll take you um I'll, I'll take you on a little journey here from from yeah. the inception point and then, uh, then maybe we can uh we can we can find a, a different avenue to split off here. So I started off blogging on WordPress, okay, and um, it was under this guise of holistic health, and I had a little yin yang logo because I similarly wanted to find the balance between the light and the dark, the left and the right, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, because that's what I believe health is all about. I mean, you can take the extreme perspectives of keto diet, veganism vegetarian things like that um but there, there has to be 
there, there, there can be an overindulgence in that size. You can get lost in your own ideology to the point where um, things aren't working for you. And it may be the case where if you're a vegan, you just might need a, a steak before you get anemic and pass out or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was about addressing that particular imbalance. I started blogging on WordPress, some of the things that I enjoyed, some of the things that I thought could be helpful. Um, unfortunately, I learned a very humbling lesson in that pursuit because um, uh, WordPress is demographic is uh <laughs> older ladies i say the majority of well, wordpress is a female domain so i suppose my temperament my pitch wasn't best for that audience yes. so i did that for a year i only got i think 220 followers after blogging for a for a year so okay, okay. not a very good stint i thought right shit this is uh this isn't working out for me yeah. I'm, I'm missing something here the lockdown happened and I thought, let's have a little look at Twitter, what's going on here. It's a little bit more short form. It's a little bit more sharp and punchy and to the point. Um, the content turnover is very, very quick. So once you've tweeted something yesterday, uh, by the same time today, it's outdated. It's mm -hmm. forgotten about. It's lost in the ether or the echo chamber that is Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I learned that Twitter is a little bit more masculine. Mm-hmm. And my work resonates a little bit better there. And I think I accumulated in the space of six months, well over 10,000 followers very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually believe the progress, um, how, how quickly that came about. So I, I found my groove there and uh, rebranded, chose my audience, thought it's men I need to be helping. I mean, um, in an ideal world, I would like to help women, but unfortunately my reference points is for what women really value I I don't have that maybe in a past life or my next life but yeah uh, it's men it's men uh, who need help uh, at the moment and I think that ties in very neatly with the um with the place that we find ourselves at the moment in, yeah. in modern western culture men are on the back foot so to speak so hmm. I guess that's a kind of uh whistle stop tour of how I've come to be at uh, the point I am now yes. very humbling beginnings man well done and uh I see there you're know, mm. up at 20,000 followers now on Twitter and all for all for good reason. As I said, I came across your page, love the content and you, you speak the truth and you're you're giving uh, a lot of men out there a new avenue to, to venture down and a new perspective on life and new perceptions on, on how to live and how to be. And mm. as we mentioned, or as we were briefly talking before we started recording, like a lot of men have lost their way, especially perhaps over the last year where they're livelihoods have been taken away from them to a certain extent their their jobs their careers have been shut down or perhaps they've been fired they're spending more time at home at home then you know there's there's perhaps new duties new responsibilities laid upon them they've got to now be the the stay-at-home dad the stay-at-home husband and um yeah it becomes a quite a a heavy cross to carry so to speak and a lot mm -hmm. of men I feel are are um yeah they're struggling to to keep moving forward what the, what the pressures and expectations placed upon them and from your own perspective what do you feel has has caused this um this massive issue what, surge of um, what is the uh the diagnosis of the modern western man's <laughs> neurosis it's yeah, a difficult question it. to answer um two come to mind uh, off the top of my head um i think the easy answer is a lack of a problem. Mm. I think things are very, very comfortable for everyone. 
Um, and if I take us back to maybe, you know, uh, a century ago, um, the, how, how different the immediate challenges in the environment, environment were for our grandfathers, great-great-grandfathers, you know, they're going to war. Um, and there's a very obvious call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, but that obvious call to action is absent in modern Western man. There's so many opportunities, so many different areas you can go. We are, um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the turn of phrase, but that is that problem of choice, you know, too much choice, too many avenues to, to, uh, go down. And it can be very difficult to choose one. This is the one that's right for me, yeah. put the blinders on and go to that. Um, full too speed. Much, too much time. I think as well as definitely it? the absence of a major, a major challenge. Oh yeah, too much distraction. I mean, that's that's what I coined this age. It's the age of distraction. I mean, you can't go five minutes without grabbing your phone, your tablet, your computer, your remote control to go into Netflix or some mm. other some other program. Yeah. And in a way, it's um, it's almost like we're all being funneled into this. Um, this training system for distraction. Mm-hmm. Like we, we really don't help ourselves with, um, especially our, our children. You know, I, I, I don't have any, any, any kids, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't stop you looking at what the people are doing with their children and how they're, uh, how they're raising them. Yeah. I saw a tablet, uh, an, an iPad in a pram the other day. I couldn't, I kid you not. <laughs> it just, uh, you just have to shake your head and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's may about that kind of thing. But essentially if we if we accept the premise that you are a perfect product of your environment, you know, you 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 hear things like ADHD becoming more and more prevalent and people mm-hmm. are uh, especially young kids in America are um given this diagnosis, they're given pills, they're told to sit down in class, sit down, shut up. It's completely counterintuitive to the natural expression that a child has. I mean, when you actually rationalize it, when you when you logistically look of, about what is happening there, you're taking a uh, a child whose natural proclivity t- is to go outside, to play, to interact, to explore the world. You sit them in a in a room for six to seven hours a day in a seat, tell them not to move for hours on a time, and read textbooks. It's 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 ludicrous when you actually break it down in that perspective. And then when they come home, they're inundated with screens and screens and screens, which script which switch from program to program, broken up by advertisement to advertisement. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 puzzled and bemused that they're struggling with their attention. Yeah. One of the crucial things that people misunderstand is that attention or focus rather is a skill. It is something that you need to develop over time. And um, I'm by no means sitting on my ivory tower here because I've had to do my due diligence in undoing a lot of that social programming that has been done to myself. Uh, Meditation is a habit that I have picked up over the last uh, three to four years and it's been invaluable Mm -hmm. to my productivity, to me handling my workload, discriminating against uh, what is a distraction? What is the the primary action uh, mm. that I must uh, proceed to, to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but we we came across a little bit of a tangent. Now. I could talk about this stuff for for hours on end. Well, tangents are good, man. Off. I like tangents. <laughs> but um, coming back to your initial point about the diagnosis of mm. modern Western man's neurosis, um, I think there is nobody more astute 
uh, astute enough than um, Friedrich Nietzsche. So Friedrich Nietzsche proclaimed that God was dead in Thus Spoke Zarathustra. And he, if there's, there's one man that diagnosed that in, in those three words, it's, it's that, it's God mm. is dead. I've, I've been doing a lot of work recently to answer that very question that, that you've, you've asked me. And you can spend you know, hours on end mulling it over and trying to find the reason for it. But the simple matter of the fact is the West was built on Christian Judeo teachings. And that's why it's so great. And it, it really is quite humorous when maybe the more rational thinkers, the atheists, the scientists, those who are perhaps not as uh, open to the idea of greater power or God. I know God's a very divisive uh, mm. word, but you can substitute that for whatever word is most comfortable for yourself. Yeah. If it's not God, the universe, nature, the cosmos, mm-hmm. you can't be so arrogant to believe that you are the height of intelligence in this physical world. And uh, if you are, if you are honorable enough to concede that, um, then you are making good progress in terms of looking towards another entity god Mm. cosmos universe for some kind of direction so when god uh, when um nietzsche pardon me proclaimed that god is dead he did so in mourning in in absolute apathy of the state of the world is going in because once we destroy the notion of god we then become god man can't be god we're mortal beings we're very fallible Mm -hmm. and there's a I can't stop thinking about some of the tweets I, I write on this particular subject, but I say that if you dilute a man of his spirituality, he will serve nothing greater than his sexuality. So if you remove the bedrock that is God under the foundation of modern Western culture, the natural, the next God, the false God is the individual you'll become self-serving, self-gratifying. And you only need to look around in your immediate uh, environment to see evidence of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned Instagram, instant gratification culture, Mm -hmm. the pervasiveness of uh, men who are suffering from pornography addictions now, sexual addictions. It's a self-serving society. When you truly try and diagnose people's behavior and what they try and organize and articulate themselves around, it really isn't that difficult. Mm-hmm. Sex, power, money. Mm-hmm. Self-serving society. Yeah. And all, so, all, um, all too easy to gain at this uh, in this world at the moment too, isn't it? I mean, your, your sexual desires can be gratified by a click of a button on your phone and hopping onto a porn website mm-hmm. and... Yeah. You know, that fulfills some some sort of sexual need then you can you know you, it's it's quite easy simple to make money in the world we're in, we're in today perhaps that that you know you could argue that point but there are some simple strategies you can use you know s- stocks for example shares bitcoin all these kind of things that don't require perhaps a massive amount of effort or work um so and then power as well comes maybe money and power maybe come you know, they, they come um, hand in hand, perhaps to a certain extent as well, or even, you know, power can be uh, mistaken for the amount of followers or likes you get in your, on your social media pages as well. Like you that, that you're some sort of influence on, on people and, you know, this whole influencer hashtag thing uh, that I t- don't buy into or don't like at all because uh, 
I don't think anyone should be influenced by anyone else. They're they're the new false gods, my friend. That's good. Exactly, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, you know, the point you're making is it, it is becoming all too easy to to make your way through life. I mean, the, the hard work has almost taken out of it, but it's the hard work that actually builds the the resilience and the strength that's required to help you actually become a man of value in the world today. And mm. You agree with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I suppose to my to my uh, latter point, it's you know I I always use um, you know the reference points for our grandfathers and great grandfathers for you know yeah. the, the 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 contrast the disparity between how we behave, and you know they didn't they didn't um, go to war because it was an option. <laughs> it was that necessity. Um, the the best thing for men to do is I'm quoting Jordan Peterson here, but pick up something heavy, pick up the heaviest thing you can, see a big problem, and just try and fucking solve it. Yeah, that will solve 99% of most modern men's neurosis. Yeah. Pick something that you just think is really shitty with the world, and just try and make it a little bit less so. Yeah, um, I think it's Nietzsche again. Any man that has a uh, a why to live can survive anyhow. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, yeah. But then again, mm. it's it's the effort that's required in actually picking that burden up that stops many men from actually taking action. Do you feel? That's oh yeah, it's it's oh, yeah. somewhat overwhelming because perhaps life has been so simple and it's it is the simplicity that has you stuck in a rut at the moment. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure, if you want to get unstuck, it requires some effort. It requires you to pick up your your burdens and, and to move on and to and to make something of your life. But uh, yeah, it's it's an overwhelming process for a lot of guys, which again deters them from actually taking that action. Um, so, if you were speaking to someone, and I'm sure you will be, you are speaking to people here here who are listening to this podcast right now who are stuck in a rut. You know what is the first step? I mean, is is it, is it just a simple matter of, yeah, whatever you feel most challenged with, get after that. But is is that too simple? Is that evil? Is, is I, I think I think it can be. I think it can be too simple, and I don't want to dilute um, the the problem by uh, yeah. suggesting suggesting this that. I think a self amount uh, self reflection is uh, is paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, so self self reflective. I don't like giving. It's you know. It's very. It's very easy to uh, pass out trite sayings, especially in Twitter. You know, yeah, yeah. Twitter is such a short form thing, and I, I try to be. You know, I think uh, I try to be as helpful as I can, but there is an element of divisiveness. I think to my tweets, I want to imp- inspire people to think rather than to yeah. Um, just accept what I say. That's why I, I, I posit a lot of what I say in meditations. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about not. I don't want you to agree or disagree with me. I want you to I want you to witness what thoughts arise in you as a consequence of what I'm saying. Watch objectively what thoughts arise in you. There might you you might think I'm talking out my ass. That's completely fine, but reflect on why you think the way you think um the most practical thing i i i i feel for if there is a you know a young man watching this who is uh 
in the midst of his own emotional emotional turmoil is um, journaling. Journaling has been of invaluable resource to me. Mm-hmm. It's about checking in with yourself. You know, you you wake up in the morning, you talk to your partner. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, slept well, whatever the case may be. You check in with your family, you check in with your friends. When you check in with yourself, mm-hmm. journaling is me having a conversation with myself and just asking myself, how are we doing at the moment, all right? Mm-hmm. Where is your energy? Where is your emotion? Where's, where are your thoughts at? And if you start to cultivate this practice, um, uh, rather habitually, then you'll find that you can more more sensitively pinpoint where your emotions are, when you're, where your energies are. Yeah. And you can start to begin to take conscious control over the direction of your life. Mm-hmm. That is what I like to call holding the pen to writing your own story. And it starts by picking up that pen and, and journaling. Um, I, I think that's the simple and most, most effective thing that that, that you can do yeah um yeah of course the the heavy heavy yeah. burden in that sense is the pen isn't it putting that lifting that pen and actually starting to write your thought yeah yeah, yeah. that's it and uh you know it, it it starts again i like to give practical advice i mean it might start with you jotting down a couple of lines just before you go to bed yeah that might turn into a paragraph the next day yeah before you know it it becomes second nature yeah and um yeah, it really can't be uh understated how powerful a practice like that can be. Um, I'm with you there, man. I'm a big advocate for uh, journaling. I've just designed my own one recently. That's that's going out to a lot of my guys who I mentor. So, you know, I fully believe in it because it's helped me massively as well. As you said, it's the reflection. It's the it's the looking within before you start looking in, in the external. You know, check check internally before you start living externally as such. Or, as I would put it, check in with yourself before you check in with the world because at the end of the day, everything you do in your life for in that day is going to start and end with you. So you want to make sure you're in the best place possible to take those challenges on and to be able to overcome them and and uh, and, to, and to strive forward, move forward. So, yeah, that's huge. And one one word that kind of stuck out there at the beginning was equilibrium. That's, you know, trying to find the balance, the equilibrium uh, that's been somewhat, uh, yeah, out of the things are out of balance at the moment. A lot of men are out of balance at the moment. So maybe you were kind of touching it there in terms of um, you know the journaling and, and some of these practices. But is there anything else that you've done or you've practiced to help men find that equilibrium in their lives? You know that things are so out of balance at the moment. A lot of attention, a lot of focus going on things that don't really add any value to their lives. And I, I feel that that's for me that's an imbalance of your life you're not attending to your highest values and you're being distracted from what could be actually benefiting your life and, and something meaningful to help you move forward towards uh, mm-hmm. confidence strength resilience well, that's a that's a good question um the answer is not going to be found in any kind of addition it's going to be found in subst- in subtraction um, mm-hmm. 99% of your po- uh, problems, any man watching this are because you're uh, consuming too much. Do, um, it, it's, it goes back to that, that consumer idea. I mean, it's, uh, it's quite, it's quite humorous when I've, when I thought about the kind of, um, message that I come across that I, I, pre- I present on Twitter and. Mm-hmm. When I try and boil it down essentially to its 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 fundamental grassroots, um, if I had to make a a product or something to something to sell to someone, what would be the 
the, the, the golden ticket, so to speak. Yeah. I really couldn't come up with anything other than, other than getting you to, to stop some of the things you're doing. I don't want to add anything really. I want to take some of the things away from you because that's what I believe is doing the most damage. So if, if I can find a way to create something that is going to do just that, it's rather look at your, look at your environment and start taking things away. You'll find that you, you'll find so much more value and, and health and well-being and equilibrium mm -hmm. uh, is going to be, be granted to you. We're a very yang culture, very, um, I call it, there's uh, a good book by um, Robert Moore who talks about the age of the addicted lover. Okay. It's all about, it's all about um, again, pleasure culture. It's what's going to make me feel good now. Yeah. What more can I get? What more can I add into my life that's going to benefit it? And I'm, I'm really encouraging any man watching it to do the opposite, try and get rid of stuff. Really just try and, uh, I, I talk a lot about fasting. Yeah, um, I see that. But I don't always mean the more traditional way of fasting of conscious refrainment from food. I want you to consciously refrain from indulgence. I want you to create that space where you're taking more time um, out of your day for those periods of self-reflection that we talked about earlier, because it's going to, it's going to sustain you far more than mm -hmm. um, uh, trying trying to add add more yeah. in. Um, and ev everything I posit is in that way. Meditation is a fast from distraction. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the that is the uh, if you're talking about the greatest austerity, meditation is the greatest austerity. Austerity. You're fasting mm -hmm. from um, all your external in um, all your sensory organs. And you're trying to bring them internally. Um, pornography is something I I feel is particularly insidious for modern Western man at the moment. I think if there's one thing that I am axiomat axiomatically clear on is if you cut that out of your life, you will see your um, well-being, your quality of life increase tenfold. There's no if, ands, or uh, buts about it. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's that overstimulation that is really causing a lot of our neurosis mm -hmm. um and the bandwidth i think you mentioned this before the bandwidth to which we can actually access said material i mean it's it's easy i mean you you think about it you can you can be at work watch this kind of material <laughs> it's it's madness yeah i mean if um and 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 uh, for children, especially, that that's what I, I believe is the really pernicious, um, you know, the pernicious aspect about it. You know, if somebody, if you know, if you had a young child and somebody, you know, flashed your child, you'd call the police. But they can access far, far worse material from a click of a couple buttons on their phone. Mm -hmm. So these industries really have to take a greater responsibility in regard to what is allowed to be viewed. Um, uh, through these particular mediums because I'm of the opinion that not enough is being done. Um, but that was uh, uh, kind of such a money making industry. Oh yeah. I mean, whenever, um, yeah, money is involved, it's going to tip the balances in favors of the tyrannical. Um, yeah, it's, but as well, as well, I think it's an addiction to comfort, isn't it? Like a lot of this is an addic addiction to comfort. 
I mean, we're, we're, we're a couple of years away to be fully integrated into the simulation. You know, it's quite funny when people talk about this idea of simulation theory. They think about this idea of being, you know, plugged into the matrix, goggles on your head, wires coming out of, uh, of your, your arms. Um, it's, it's already here. You know, it's already here in the forms of the screens that, again, are incredibly pervasive. Um, one of the most interesting but also completely terrifying things to acknowledge is that your body doesn't understand the difference between a real event and an artificial one so what that means is if you're watching we'll take the example of pornography if you're watching pornography um, your body believes that it is making love to these women once twice three times a day with that feedback that you're getting and then when the heat of the moment is over and uh, you come to your senses, you get depressed and you get confused and you don't understand why you're confused. It's yeah. because the body is experiencing a feedback that is not representative of what the mind is seeing through your eyes. So you have that cognitive dissonance between, again, the feedback of the body and the yeah. feedback you're actually perceiving through your mind because you know, <laughs> you know you're not making love to all these bitches online. <laughs> It's not happening. Yeah. Um, but in your in your, in your, in your mind in, the, in your mind you are, isn't it? And the mind tricks the body is basically what you're trying to yeah say. And but at the end of the That's... day, you're you're there on your own, looking into like looking into a plastic box, literally. You know, like, yeah. with with uh, moving images and uh, without, without any substance. Yeah. That's the simulation. Yeah. That's the simulation. And uh, as I mentioned to you. Our sexual needs can be fulfilled on on porn, and yeah. for a lot of men, they watch porn every day, so they don't feel the need then to go out and actually find a partner because it's the want mm. has been removed or has been perhaps perhaps stolen in, through these porn sites, and that's just one avenue. And and I had, a, I had a guy in the podcast last week made a very important point, uh, something that really stuck out. It's the fact that look. At the end of the day, you haven't earned the right to see this beautiful naked body of a woman, you know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so uh, there's no again no effort, there's no work, there's no uh, mm. you know there's, there's the, you uh, you almost you castrate yourself in a way. Yeah. What happens is um, I mean it's it's uh, yeah no he's completely right is uh, I I often make a fo- uh, make the point that. You know, consider our two prime directives. We have to eat to sustain the function of the individual, of the organism, and we have to have sex to sustain the future of the species. Those are ingrained into you so far into your biology. There's no getting away from that. However, society hasn't organized itself in a way that we're not evolved enough to deal with the technology that we have been given. Yeah. And so so this uh, that gentleman is, is completely correct. We're... It's, it's it's dangerous. It's uh, you know it's akin to class A drugs. I mean, there's a great book called Gary Wilson called Your Brain on Porn, mm. and the brain scans that show um, when individuals are watching this material are the same um, as you know if you're taking cocaine or heroin. There's there's no difference in those scans, um, and you know to, to to a certain degree, I do empathise with men who are addicted. 
um, to pornography as I you know once was, and I'm sure a lot of men are, are still struggling with today, mm-hmm. um, because I understand the biological feedback that you get from viewing that particular material. Look, I can I can tell you that um, I'd never be addicted to heroin or I'd never be addicted to cocaine, but I've never tried. I've never had cocaine as accessible in my pocket, you know, in my in my home on my screens. Um, they say they say pornography is like trying to quit, quit cigarettes, but you've always got a cigarette in your pocket. and um but to to, to that latter point is um you if i did try you know um heroin for example the reason i don't try heroin is because i know what would happen i'd become an addict yeah so i was never given that information as a young child to be able to make that informed decision there's a lot of things that i don't choose to do now because I know I won't be strong enough to perhaps break that habit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Fortunately, I've been strong enough to to quit pornography. But even things like uh, like TikTok, but I I I I don't want anything to do with it. I've I've been down the road of Instagram, and it's done no good for me. It's deleted off my phone. I'm not touching it again. Okay. If I don't create with account with TikTok, it's 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 not got its claws in me. These okay. things are designed to prey upon your natural biological proclivity to bro- procreate mm-hmm. it's it's that deep and that insidious a trick yeah so you have to guard it as much as you can yeah you have to do everything in your power to to guard yourself from it it's the same thing with your children you know you don't let your children um you know play in the streets um with the cars going about they, they, they don't know that you must you have to give them that information to make that make that decision but yeah. um pornography is such a divisive topic that mm-hmm. i mean and what you're doing is is great the same as i'm doing is um i'm trying to heighten and elevate the conversation to make this more mainstream because like i say it's people get very very sensitive around this particular subject yeah yeah the the, the procreation as well doesn't simply relate to actually a newborn child it's actually uh, creating new avenues in your own life as well you know creating a new persona creating something of, of meaning in your life you know that the procreation you know it's, it's not just creating a, a baby but creating something meaningful in your life and i think as you mentioned tiktok these social media platforms porn obviously it steals away your energy and 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 your uh, your hunger for for something more meaningful like it, it does it satisfies satisfies a certain hunger within you whilst at the same time leaving you starved that's that's a that's a great way of putting it that's yeah. a great way of putting it and yeah i think a lot of men at the moment are starved they're starved of a challenge they're starved of, starved of a one of the first points you made starved of a problem a meaningful problem to try and solve mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i think you know i i try and stay well i try to keep one hand off my on my uh, conspiratorial side and try and keep <laughs> that as bay as much as i can but to some extent you know you have to you know when when you think about the if there is let's say let's let's indulge in this conspiratorial side for just a moment say there is an agenda say, say there is an agenda against modern western man to keep us um subservient let's say mm-hmm. how would you do it 
how would you make modern man subservient? How would you keep him under control? Well, the first thing I would do is I would cut him off from what drives him every day. So his prime directives, his sexuality, his, his, his divine birthright. That's what I would do. And by giving him unlimited access to sexual novelty, um, and, and that's one of the craziest things is that, think about that. There is no end to the amount of sexual experiences that you can have online. We all been there, numerous categories, numerous videos, numerous pages, mm -hmm. anything you want is accessible at your fingertips. So the novelty just keeps on going. Mm -hmm. There's this thing called the Cauldridge effect. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this no. idea. So the Cauldridge effect is this idea that the, the male species, the, uh, the male of the species, there is no end to the amount of times that he will have sex with the female of the species granted that the female changes with every sexual encounter. So if you have a database with unlimited sexual partners, you can keep going until you pass out and die. You really can. You really can. And it's been observed in, uh, in, in roosters and, 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 and things like, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, going back to this point about how to cripple man of his ambition. So you give him a platform where he's expending his sexual energy into these particular, uh, mediums. You have to ask yourself if there is a consequence of doing that, what would it be? Well, you've already mentioned one that we have no natural drive to then go out and seek a relationship from for ourselves um that it almost takes away our innate capacity for sexual competition mm -hmm. because why am i going to go out to a club and you know try and crack on with x y and z where i can go home sit in my basement and i can flick through endless amounts of material that will satisfy every single need. My body doesn't know the difference. Yeah. I'm still getting that feedback. Why should I bother? Yeah. I think women actually more than maybe men are going to have a real problem in the future because with things like, um, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, like these, these sex toys, these sex robots coming out now, you know, they're, they're struggling. Um, <laughs> I mean this with a pinch of salt ladies, but they're struggling to perhaps, see some of their value beyond their sexual benefits let's mm -hmm. say mm -hmm. some not all yeah forgive me <laughs> for women watching yeah yeah um if that aspect of them is taken away from them you have to ask yourself what value am i giving to a relationship beyond sex if i can get my needs satisfied by a sexual robot what why do i need why do we need a woman mm -hmm. so just a little brief tangent on there to be to have one eye on um there's a there's an inch i'll just kind of summarize this point with an interesting bit of uh trivia so the ox and the bull are two of the same species that they're, they're the same animal they're, they're both male okay the ox is a farmyard docile animal plows the field takes the carts round, you know, does all the heavy duty work, big laborious, uh, lumbersome animal. The bull is the one that you see in the, uh, in the, uh, what do you call it? The Colosseum with the, with the red flags, 
running down the Spanish parade trying to mm-hmm. trying to get um, the the bull run. They yes, call it, yes. Right. The difference between those two animals is one. The uh, ox is castrated. It's the only difference between those animals. So the ox has had his um, his sexual fluid removed, taken away from him. And they do so, and you can look this up on Wiki, they do so because it's easier to control that animal. Think about that mm-hmm. as a meditation for the people watching. <laughs> yeah, Think yeah. about that. So, so porn, as you said, is castrating men to a certain extent. Is the, is the great castration of uh, the modern Western man, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Fuck, that's deep. That's deep, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's certainly something to take to take uh, take with you, man. Listen to this, and uh, being robbed of your uh, of your sexual desires, and therefore, yeah, the opportunity to procreate and have your own family and 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 become a man of meaning in this world. And yeah, so to kind of sum it up, as we've mentioned, uh, a lot of guys uh, listen to this will be in a difficult situation. Like every guy out there has got shit to deal with. Um, and you've obviously got to this point in your life, having gone through challenges. I'm sure you've, you've been through your own turmoils. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of what you do right now is based on the lessons you've learned from many mistakes or failures in the past. So if you were to go back to where it all began, or perhaps to your most difficult situation in your life, what was the first step that you took? And, and I mean, obviously the first step is perhaps the most important one. So Mm -hmm. what was it? And can, can it be replicated today? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I will say for the men watching that, uh, I didn't make that decision. That decision was made for me. So just to preface what I'm saying, if you are facing your quote unquote dragon, um, this idea of the hero's journey, you know, go into the, go into the places that you don't want to go and fight the dragon. It might be your depression. It might be your addiction. It might be your poor relationship with your father. Mine uh, was drugs. So if you don't confront that particular dragon, if you don't find a way of getting out of that problem, uh, then life is going to find more dramatic ways of showing you where your inadequacies lie. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what happened to me. So I was, um, I was, a, I, I used to smoke a lot of weed in my university days and um, it was getting very out of hand uh, to the point where, you know, I would, wouldn't go to lectures uh, and my course I'll be missing out in, in, um, in substitution for that pleasure, that consumer culture, that mummy feedback, make me feel good. Um, and I was, uh, I was actually spiked by uh, a dealer that, um, was selling synthetic cannabis. It's called spice. Mm. It's called prison spice. And it's, uh, very, very serious. And it, they, they do so in order to, it's, it's a cheap version of, of the real stuff essentially. And, um, I had what my doctors, uh, described as a first case psychotic episode. Um, and I was put into a a psychiatric ward for about a a month, I believe 
four or five weeks um, with the likes of schizophrenics and bipolar disorder individuals and some of the looniest people that you could uh, you could um, have a conversation with. So that was uh, a very traumatic experience for myself. But, um, you know, it's funny when my father uh, finally was able to come and visit me when I was in there, you know, the first thing I told him was that this needed to happen. Okay. It wasn't by my will, nature, God, intelligence, whatever you want to use is going to find a way of humbling you. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I've never seen anyone get away with anything. And it's not always in the way that you suspect. So I thought I could get away with it, but I I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's a very it's also a very spiritual experience for me because that's how I come to be on the path I am. How I started to take an interest in spirituality and some of the things that we've spoken about this uh, this evening. Um, you have to be willing to die to an older version of yourself, which is no longer conducive to your life moving forward. For all intents and purposes, and for my opinion on that night where I had my episode and I um, was very violent to a lot of people uh, who I cared about, um, I, I died that particular day. A part of me died and that, that part had to be burnt away in order for me to progress. Yeah. So I think the most humbling thing for any man looking to, for lack of a better phrase, turn a new leaf, start to move in a positive direction in their life is you have to be willing to die to versions of yourself, which are just not like not going to serve you. If you're going out to the pub every Friday and having drinks with the boys, you know, it may be a small thing like that. Mine was quite serious. But if that version of you is not being conducive to who you wish to see manifest themselves in the future, you need to be willing to kill that part of you. Yeah. I often say that, um, you know, this this idea of suicide, I think it's quite prevalent in a lot of young men. Again, a very, very divisive, very sensitive issue, Mm -hmm. but it, it plagues us. Um, and the suicide rate with men is particularly high because we are so aggressive and we're so willing to actually take action on particular emotions that we, that we experience. Women actually experience more negative emotion, but we're just more aggressive that we actually take action upon it. That's why we die more. When you experience those suicidal thoughts, it's often a misnomer. It is not a physical death that you're longing for. Rather, it is a mental death that you're looking for. You have become sick and ill with the person that you inhabit. So you have to kill your identity. And only after you kill your identity will there be space enough for you to be um, born again. Yeah. I believe it's called, uh, the, the, the process of this is called uh, catabasis. Um, and it happens every, in, in, in most men's life. It's actually quite... It's quite interesting. There's something mythical about it. They say myth is something that never happens, mm-hmm. but it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So the dragon, so to speak, that you're facing every man is going to have a challenge. This usually happens between uh, 20, 20, 20 to 24 to 25 years old. Something around that period, you will have a big dragon to slay. And it will either slay you like it slayed me, or you can kill it first. Yeah. But either way, there's going to be some kind of um, resurrection there for you to mm-hmm. evolve. Mm-hmm. So um, be willing to 
face that dragon. Yeah. That's what I would say. Amazing, man. And just on that, like the you had the issue with the cannabis, the cannabis addiction, as you've as you've put it, but you did also mention the porn addiction. So that took that that come mm. afterwards, or was that part of the of the that can- that, that was um that was the that was uh that was a two in one. That was a two. That was a two. That was a hydra. Let's say <laughs> <laughs> a dragon with two heads. Okay, that's what it was. Mm. Okay. So um yeah, that that one took a little bit longer to slay. Okay. And um, how did you slay it? How did I slay that dragon? Um, it's uh, it's a difficult one. It's the it's the hardest thing that I think any man has to do because you have to some extent. Yeah, I'm with you there. You you have you have to some extent give your own will over to a greater power, and I and I don't mean that in an esoteric a tangent, mm. but you you have to accept to some degree that that you are hopeless because the damage that is being done just to the latter points about the the drug effect is is so is so deep within you you really have to go through a heavy period of um of of fasting of of, of fasting from it um the, the greatest thing that helped me was uh actually this book right here uh david hawkins letting go yeah um i've got it this have you got it yeah yeah three this three is, three times i think uh, i've got it yeah uh, an excellent book. Yeah. One of the, um, if if you're really struggling, the, the the thing is with um pornography addiction is your inability to separate your emotions from yourself. So, and I think it gets it, it's really difficult when we start to use colloquial terms. So you know um, the map of consciousness. Yeah. That um. Hawkins outlines just for the, the listeners watching uh, Hawkins's work was to essentially map out your energetic, the, the human energetic domain. Um, a better way of understanding that is the emotional domain. So uh, when I say that emotions are energies and emotions, emotion, energy, and motion, yeah. um, you have to, you really have to understand it and rationalize it for you to have any hope in doing so. Mm-hmm. But essentially the premise is that you are not your emotions. You experience emotions, but you are not your emotions. This is where things like journaling and especially meditation are essential. You will not be able to do it without that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the letting go method is to, with those check-ins that I mentioned at the at the start of this uh, podcast, you need to check in with yourself and you need to ask yourself the question, what particular energy or what particular emotion am I feeling at this time? And the key here is not to place your subjectivity on whatever you're feeling. If you're feeling fear, you're feeling fear, but you need to allow yourself to feel fear. If you don't, you give it more energy, you give it a more charge, and that starts to flow into different areas of your life. So essentially I had to do almost like a, a detox. I sat down for about 45 minutes to an hour. It might have even been longer. And I had to start unearthing these emotions that I either suppressed or repressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so repression is the unconscious act of stifling those emotions. Suppression is maybe, so maybe you, you, you decide to go on this journey of, uh, you know, trying not to watch porn. You say, oh, you know, desire is bad. 
feeling horny is bad. Feeling lustful is bad. No, no, no. That's when you lose. That's when you place your subjectivity on it. That's when you give it more power. Yeah. And again, I was talking about these colloquial terms. You're not feeling horny. You don't have blue balls. You're not feeling lustful. You're experiencing the emotion of desire. Desire is a natural um, energy that manifests itself in people. You need to allow yourself to feel desire, to breathe it in, to integrate it. Um, and then once you allow that energy to be there, you'll find that it naturally dissipates and it will transform into something higher. Um, and um, I know for the listeners watching, it might sound again esoteric, a little bit airy-fairy, but Gavin, I'm sure you're completely on board with me here. When you, when you sit down and ask yourself the question, you'll get feedback from your body. It's, it's, it's a very strange experience. So if you ask yourself, oh, I'm in desire, your body will let you know. For me, I get a heat radiating from my, radiating from my core outwards to my extremities. Sometimes I get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You'll get some kind of kinetic feedback that lets you know when you're on the money. And you, you have to unearth all those negative emotions to a point where you're lighter. And you'll physically feel lighter. It's quite, it's quite I'm trying not to use the word spiritual experience, but it's mm-hmm. quite a, a, psych, a psychologically freeing experience, yeah. let's say. Um, and, you know, I will forever be in gratitude to David Hawkins and his work, because this is, this is the final piece in the puzzle. It it really is. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of people can get to a stage where they're free without these kind of, uh, this kind of work. The understanding of it. Yeah. Well, for all the listeners, I will be adding in links to all the books you've mentioned. I think you've mentioned maybe three or four books there. So those links will be in the in the show notes below. And uh, Joseph, man, this has been a an absolutely amazing conversation. Um, uh, people's heads are going to be blown at the end of this uh, episode <laughs> in the best way possible. Uh, man, brilliant and uh, highly insightful. So thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, absolute pleasure. So again, for all the listeners. If they want to get in touch with you or find you, where is best to go? Yep, sure. So you can always find myself on Twitter. That's at Masculine Theory. Um, I also do YouTube, same handle, at Masculine Theory. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's probably the best way to get in touch. Probably Twitter. Probably yep. Twitter. But um, yeah. I'll add those handles as well below the in the show. Perfect. So they can all find Cheers. you. Man, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Cool.